Hey guys, welcome to Human Up Podcast. This is the seventh episode in which I will explore a topic simply called Newsflash. You don't want to relax. Now, yes, I chose the title to catch your attention because who doesn't want to relax? Of course, everyone wants to relax. That is a, a no-brainer, right? But I am going to present the argument <laughs> for what it means to want to relax. In the deepest sense, yes. I would go so far as to say we want nothing more in the whole entire universe than to relax. What differ, differs is our way of going about that or what we think we need in order to come to relax. Let's first start with the word relax and I'm going to go ahead and just pull up the definition for the word relax. To make or become less tense or anxious. Okay, that's about what we would expect. Rest or engage in an enjoyable activity so as to become less tired or anxious. Still the same basic idea. Let's keep going. Uh, become less rigid. Good. Make less firm or tight. Maybe good. <laughs> Straighten or partially uncurl. Okay, like in hair. Make less strict while not abolishing it, as in they persuaded the local authorities concerned to relax their restrictions, all right? And from the origin, laxus, lax, loose, relaxare. Okay, so you get the idea, right? Um, and, and there's the re, the r, the r in that, relax. So it's, it's essentially becoming loose again. But the lo the, all, the, all the definitions for the word relax are a little relaxed, <laughs> if you will. Um, the idea of relaxing um, is, is, in other words, to, it's an undoing. So to, if we've gotten unlaxed, in other words, tightened, constricted, tense, that's more of a doing, right? And essentially what we want is to be undone. I would venture to say that this is what yoga, for example, as well as many of our, our wisdom teachings are essentially about relaxing at the deepest level. So we've got two kinds of relax so far. We've got the relax that people just kind of automatically use, which means, hey, hey man, relax, you know, calm down, take a breath, hey, chill out, you know, relax. Or, hey, go on vacation, relax. You know, I need to go, I need to take a break from work, and I just need to go and relax. I'm going to have a glass of wine and relax, right? We just use it all the time in that kind of sense. Or we might be using it in the sense of, I'm going to go to yoga class, and, and, and I just really need to relax. So there's so many ways that we use the word relax, but it, it rings of an episodic kind of uh, respite from the tension that we're used to. So in other words, relaxing is, is a a part of the time break from the norm. So the norm here is framed just by implication as, as the tension. The tension is the norm. Uh, the tightness, the ang anxiousness is more of the norm. Relaxes, huh, get a break from that, right? It, it's not necessarily explicitly stated, but it's implied again and again to uh, relax is, is the 
less common state of being as opposed to the more common state. So this is how we normalize our tense state. Now that's one kind of relax, the relax we're familiar with, as examined a little bit deeper than usual. Uh, on the other hand, the relax that yoga speaks to is a very, very different relax. And when I say yoga, I'm talking about the real deal. A real yoga is not a matter of stretches and postures and breathing techniques that'll make you relax. And in a way, it's the, the way we go about relaxing is almost tense. <laughs> it's, it's funny that it would, it would be that way, but it's, such a, it's so obvious once you start to see it that we're actually trying to get relaxed is a, is a paradox. You can't force relaxation. So yoga speaks to this at the deepest and deepest and deepest of all levels because yoga is essentially not a physical exercise um, first, which is the way that way, way it's been framed to us in our modern day society. But even going back to classical yoga, you gotta have you have to kind of sift through so much to get to the heart of yoga, which is not necessarily classical or ancient history. It's as current and more current than ever because it's essentially out of time. It's real yoga is not from the past or from a specific place on the earth like India. Real yoga is right here all the time. And what is it? It is the infinite space of relaxation. So uh, without having originally intended to venture into the definition of yoga, because I have another episode coming up that's going to be really all about that. But this one is really about, I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull the yoga in the definition of yoga to help us understand what relax is. So the, the opening sutra of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, and, and Patanjali is seen as one of the fathers, if not like the father of yoga in a lot of, in a lot of uh, thinking in regards to what yoga is. These days we think of Patanjali is, you know, he's kind of like the, the father, the godfather of yoga in a lot of ways. He has the Yoga Sutras, which is sutras is threads. It's, it's basically brilliantly weaved um, uh, yogic axiom after axiom uh, that, that helps us to go deeper into yoga. The opening line of the sutras, the opening sutras, yoga is the cessation or quieting, the end, of the modifications of the mind. And then the seer rests in her true nature. So the cessation is the end of that which is keeping us from our true nature, which I am saying today is the ultimate version of relaxed. So in other words, when you are in your true nature, are you tense? No, you're relaxed. How relaxed? Well, there's no floor or ceiling. It's relaxed is floorless and ceilingless, if you will. It's just the state of relaxation is the ultimate state of just being. Is that finite? No, not not in our every everyday way of thinking. It's not. It doesn't have a limit. In other words, so you can ever deepen into the relaxed, true nature of who you are and who we are. So, what is interfering with that? What are we ending? Well, that's the modifications of the mind, as worded in the sutras. That's one of the interpretations. Well, what is is modifications of the mind? Uh, a number of modifications. So, let's change that word because it's kind of hard to connect to. I understand, but let's call it the uh, distortions of the mind. How about that? 
Well, there's a lot of people talking about distortions of the mind, you know, negativity, you know, pessimism, uh, you know, negative thinking, fear, blah, 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 blah. Or, or, you know, basically we're naming the symptoms, right? So is the modifications of the mind, is the problem the accumulation and the sum of all the symptoms? No, it's not. It's actually not the best definition when we say the modifications of the mind. Sorry, Patanjali, I'm going to have to upgrade this, this a little bit. It's not the modifications. It's the modificator. It's that which generates those distortions. It's the original distortion, if you will, of the mind. The, the original infraction, that is to say, alienation of and from our true nature, which I often refer to as source, you know, just being, being in that which is everything and in everything and sustains everything on the mind, on the physical, on all levels, there is that one unifying unum, which is what, where unum being comes from. Uh, the, the, the name unum is Latin for infinite one so one that it can hold together infinite diversity pluribus. So when we have e pluribus unum, it means in many one. That's the, 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 really the overarching axiom of 1776 and, and, and the United States of America, the unum states of America, the call to, to unum. Not at the cost of our pluribus, though, because that's why it's e pluribus unum. It could just as well be e unum pluribus. We try to think of unum and pluribus as uh, one name for our true nature. Diverse, diverse, obviously, in nature, if we just look at the reality around us, the infinite diversity of colors, creatures, uh, um animals, plants, all kinds, I mean, we, the, and people, <laughs> the, the diversity is what makes life so rich. It's not just one color. But we're, we're experiencing a breakdown from that, trying to reconcile the fact that we have differences in this deep modification of the mind, which cannot find the unum because that's the original infraction of the mind. I hope I'm not going too fast for you, but I'm trying to show you that we are not in our true nature as to say deeply relaxed, which is to say in love and in peace and whole and content and well-being and all the things we purportedly strive for. But then the way that we really mess up, guys, is that, is by recognizing that, first of all, the absence of recognizing that what we're really looking for is relaxing. We, we're, what we, whatever it is, you can say it can be something so simple. I need that woman or that guy that is the apple of my eye. And once I, once I attain her or him, I have love. And once I have that love, then I will truly be happy and then I can relax. Once I become famous and I gain all these followers and get, and once I reach that 30 million likes on one of my videos, then I will have had this, the, reach that stage of notoriety. Therefore, I will be known. Therefore, I will be important. And once I'm important, then I can love myself for, for, my, for what I've accomplished. And then I can relax. It, it's so funny because it's so obvious. And yet, 
How many people actually do this? How many people actually follow their logic? How many people are just acting from the knee-jerk impulse to, to get what, the, what they, they've, in, a, in light speed, decide that once I get that, I will be happy, and happy equals relax. They don't even get to happy equals relax. They just, I want that. I want that. And then if you challenge that, you know, get out of my way. That's what I want. Nothing's going to get in the way, and I want that. And so what are you now? You are displaced from your true nature. You are displaced from being relaxed. You can't relax because your very, the very structure of your reality is contingent upon attaining said object of desire, which we know again and again how many famous people or successful people have said, I got everything I thought I wanted, and then I realized I wasn't happy at all. Right? And then they go... They, they, they sell everything or get rid of everything and they go to India and, and start to meditate and they start to look for enlightenment because then they're going to get enlightenment because enlightenment's not, material isn't the answer, enlightenment's the answer. So I'm going to get enlightenment, so what do I do? Tell me what I have to do. I'm going to do yoga, I'm going to do meditation, I'm going to do this and that and the other. And then I'll get enlightened and then I'll be happy and then I can relax. <laughs> then I'm in my true nature. So what yoga by definition is, is is, well, I mean, it, it doesn't say this exactly, but I'm saying this based on that opening sutra. We are putting the cart before the horse, to use an old adage, and we are basically using the very distortion of the mind that makes us think that once I accomplish A, B, and C, once I attain A, B, and C, once I have this object of desire, then I will be happy and then I'll be relaxed. Even if that object of desire is, is noble sounding, like, like uh, optimal health or um, enlightenment or whatever it may be. It, so it doesn't have to be like you're materialistic. Oh, don't be materialistic. Go to spiritualistic. No, it's both of those are in the same boat, guys. It's the act of displacing your true nature, which is right here, right now, always into, you almost, you almost cast it away. We don't mean to do this, of course, because we are in a state, that original distortion of the mind is to say a separation from unum, which is to say our, our true nature, our sense of peace and oneness and wholeness and just, ah, what we're really looking for. It's right here, right now, right now, where you're sitting, in this moment, watching this video, I'm telling you it's right now. So if you're being told or if you're just thinking automatically that I have to do A, B, and C to get to where you are already right now, potentially, don't you think that that's kind of a crime and, and somebody should have told you <laughs> that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you right now, but you're pushing away what you want in the name of getting what you want. And I, I just wanted to point that out real quick. Well, that's me. That's me. Uh, that's why I'm here right now is to say stop doing that. Or at least see it, for God's sake, because you can't stop it if you don't see it. So yoga, first and foremost, I'm saying is stop doing that. By How? Well, see that you're doing that. This is a great relief, but this is where the opening title comes in. <laughs> you don't want that. Why? Because we are so fixated and entranced and supported by a culture that is entranced in the original 
faulty solution to our suffering, which is, so at the deepest level, we don't feel our true nature. We don't feel peaceful. We don't feel content. We don't feel whole. And that becomes our, our, the driving force because there's nothing more important to anyone than to find what? That, that state of being, that happiness, that wholeness, that peacefulness, that safety. And safety is a really key word here because you cannot relax if you don't feel safe. And we have a fight or flight mechanism that is part of the beauty of nature. It's part of this amazing built-in intelligence that has led all of nature to where we are now. Every being, every creature. That fight or flight is actually a brilliant um, fight, flight, freeze. So it's actually three Fs. Um, the response of protection is a survival thing. But at the hands of our original distortion of the mind, at the hands of feeling incomplete, inherently, where we are in a way, that's what tension and anxiety is, is, is basically a perpetual fight or flight, like a, like a continuous clench of the fist. Like imagine your fist is clenched and you literally, no matter how badly you want it, could not unclench it. It's just, sorry, it's clenched. That is, I want you to try that with me right now. Just kind of clench your, clench your hand really, really tight and feel, feel that feel that uh, it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel peaceful. It doesn't feel uh, relaxed. <laughs> it's not your true nature. And then what we're doing is we're prying. When we're doing yoga, for example, we're not unclenching. We're not relaxing. We're taking that fist and we're prying it open. And we go, hey, look, I'm flexible. <laughs> but you're, you're, you never actually relax. You never actually left fight or flight. Well, so much of our medicine and so much of our solutions uh, and so much of what we do, even just, you know, our addictions, think about our addictive behaviors. Uh, for example, um, drinking is a great example. So what does drinking do? It's a relaxant. It helps us to, uh, it's, it allows us to relieve ourselves of that, of that tension. Think about the opioid crisis, which is a bad name for it because that's the name of the symptom is the, uh, is the abuse of opioids, which people are turning to. Why? Because they are clenched so deeply on this deepest level that it doesn't seem to matter what we do. If I can take a pill and make it go away, yeah, easy breezy, right? But then I need more and I need more. Why? Because I'm not actually getting to the original clench that original severance from my true nature. And then, so whether the action taken is a self-medicating through alcohol or opioids or whatever it might be, and then that'll always turn into addiction because you need more. And then you need more of the more, and then more, 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 more. And then you've got the health issues and the problems in your life or just death. So the crisis is not the opioids, guys. The crisis is what's leading us to the opioids, which is the same thing that might be leading you yourself. Now, this may seem like a big jump, but I'm telling you it's connected. Think about what you're going after in your life right now, even if it's something that everyone else is doing, like getting a good job so that you can have money, so that you can have security, so that you can relax. 
And then notice the kind of enslavement that we get where it feels like, well, I just got to keep doing that, keep doing that. But at least I got a pension plan. At least it's, by the time I'm 65, I'll be able to just relax, right? And, and that's not even secure because that, could be pull, that rug could be pulled out from under you. You know, the government could shut down and what, you know, so what I'm saying is even the illusion of success, even if you do attain, you got so much money, you could never run out. You're still, if you are cut off from your true nature, peace, deep relaxation and trust, it doesn't matter what you get. It doesn't matter what you attain. And just because everyone's doing it is not the reason that it's okay or healthy. And that's one of the hardest things to get here because we judge what we should be doing or shouldn't be doing usually on what? Well, what's, what's everybody else doing? Like, hey, how am I supposed to look here? How am I supposed to act here? What am I supposed to be doing? Well, what's everybody else doing? Okay, cool, cool. I'm going to do that, right? What does everybody else think? And of course, there's a lot of diversity in the way that we think, but given our immediate sphere of influence and our community or what we admire, the kind of people we admire, what we do is we shape ourselves continuously to adhere to, what is everyone else doing? Okay, I'm doing, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And, And think about it. If you're ever different, what are you? You're a freak. You're a weirdo. You're an outcast. You're a misfit. You don't belong. We don't like you. You're exiled, and there's a deep, deep uh, need to belong in all of us. That's part of the built-in, just like fight or flight. Uh, the, it's built into us to need to belong because that's safety. Okay, good. Whew, safety in numbers, okay? But this is the kicker. What if the numbers are unsafe? What if all of the numbers, what if all 8 billion, even if you belong to all 8 billion people, but all 8 billion people are unsafe because of this original distortion of your mind? and therefore your being and your consciousness, and you cannot relax. And what if that's exactly what's creating all the greed and all of the imbalances that we are now threatened by is from that same original distortion, right? So we can so easily point at the government or point at this leader or that leader and go, they're the bad guys. If we just got a good person in office, then everything would be okay. I'm completely innocent. I'm just a victim here. You know, it's, it's the people who are in charge and we can shake our fingers. Fine, have at it. But you're not solving the problem. You're not getting down to the bottom of it. And this is the best news in the world because, <laughs> you know, if you, if you don't need the middleman to change, if you don't need your partner to change, if you don't have to get your mom and dad to apologize, if you don't need to get somebody to, to, to accept you in order to come into your true nature, if you can come to true autonomy in the sense of, I don't need what I thought I wanted. Holy moly, guys, is that not the greatest freedom? To not need to manipulate everything out there? I mean, God, we're sweating bullets trying to put it all together. And even if you do manifest the appearance of security in your bank account or in your home or in your partnership or all this stuff, you're still not, you're you're not only not relaxed, you're worse off than you were before because you have just now basically 
reiterated again and again everything that was driving you, which was, I don't feel complete. I don't feel safe. I don't feel relaxed. I don't feel whole. And you basically spent your life acting on that, didn't make it go away. All it did was deepen it. And now you've got all of the things around you that you thought were going to do it, whether it's success, you know, a partner, um, the perfect job, blah, 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 whatever it may be. People like me, um, and you're there. You're famous. Uh, I have a family now. I got my perfect house. I live in the town I want to live in. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is, it's not going to make you feel like you can relax into your true nature. And now you've practiced it even longer, so you're even more addicted to the go, go, go. So now you've got everything around you. You're in paradise, let's say. You, you've succeeded in your, your two-hour work week, <laughs> and, and you've got financial freedom and, and all these things that you just automatically decided that was what was going to make me happy. And now you got it. Now what? Are you really able to relax? And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, no, you can't. In fact, you're going to have a harder time relaxing than anybody. And this is when people start to have their midlife crises and they start to go, what did I do wrong? And they start to seek in the spiritual and then the spiritual uh, people who are quote unquote spiritual leaders and gurus and teachers haven't addressed this root issue either. And they become the, the face of the next thing that you've got to chase after in order for you to relax. So what I'm trying to say is it's easy to say I want to relax. But the fact of the matter is, and I come across this again and again in my work and in relationships, that when I am calling this out in a yoga class, my yoga class isn't the most popular yoga class. Why? Because I'm asking people to slow down. Why? Because slowing down is a way of opting out of nervous action anxious action. So we come in, we go, we do a yoga class, we call it yoga, but we cater it for the nervousness and for the anxiousness and for the striving to the goalness. That is the very cause of, of that original aberration. It's not the cause, it's one of the symptoms of that original aberration. What is the cause? What is the cause of it? Well, that's when we start to get deeper. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you that we're trying to get better. We're trying to get relaxed with our anxiety. That's what I'm basically saying to you. And worse yet, we get addicted to that. So just like you can get addicted to uh, you know, an opioid or a painkiller or um, you know, any substance, you can get addicted to anxiety. And it's almost like a, addicted to a fight or flight state that you can't stop. Doesn't that sound like hell? Like if you literally can't relax, that's hell. No matter where you are, what situation you've managed to surround yourself in, if you are incapable of enjoying it, which means <sighs> totally becoming a vessel of enjoyment, which is to be sourced, to be relaxed, to be in that deep state of trust, you're, you are in a kind of hell. I'm not being dramatic when I say that. And that's scary. <laughs> what if you can't relax? Well, people 
I've found, this is just, this is not about me. This is just about a case study in my journey as I've been learning this deeper and deeper myself and realizing, oh my God, do I even want to relax? Holy moly. Uh, and, and the actions that we take that are coming from wanting to, to medicate, it's almost like you're not really in charge of those actions. Almost, it's almost like your life starts to happen to you. And that's what really, like, a, like a, if you just take a alcohol addiction, anybody who understands alcoholism and, and the, the deep need to medicate this original clench in our beings, you understand that even though you have the idea, I should not drink this much, what wins the day is I need to relax. And I need more. I need more. I need more, 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 more. That's the kind of rudimentary logic that's governing, which isn't really logic. It's just, it's just a, a justification to kind of, we'll find a way to justify more, right? And then we get frowned upon for that. You know, we get frowned upon for being an addict, but it's like, hey, we're not getting to the core issue. The core issue is not, and the core issue is not, even, well, what happened to you when you were a kid? Oh, I was abused. Oh, well, that's the problem. That's still superficial relative to what I'm speaking to. And this is good news because you could spend years, you know, going in circles and rehashing old things again and again and again. And I'm not saying that getting in touch with those things that happen is, is pointless. I think that this is very, it's highly valuable. But if we are overly fixated on, on looking at what happened, we're still missing the original what happened. And this is where yoga, the true teaching of yoga comes in. And you don't ever have to roll out a mat to be the most badass yogi you could ever be. And that's because it's not about the stretching, guys. The, the, the rolling out of the mat, that's great. That's wonderful. But that's not yoga. That is, a, we, can, we can bring yoga to the mat. We can bring yoga to Everyday activities like driving, eating, everything, right? But a, the original understanding of yoga is really to not talk about source or think about source or, or unum, but to genuinely, to genuinely com commune with source itself, with unum. And that's our, that's our true nature. That's our... That's our real state of relaxed. And then here's the other kicker now, because our idea of relaxed may sound like, and this is why the word isn't so great, laxed, loose. It almost sounds like you're in a hot tub and you're just like, ah, oh, right? Which doesn't sound very practical for life. So that's why either we're relaxing episodically or we're go, 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 go. So it's like, in, in a way, it's a manic depressive-like sort of thing sort of way of being in, in life. And that's not the real relaxed. So anybody can say, yeah, I want to relax. Give me a glass of wine. Or I want to relax. Let me take a yoga class. Or I want, I want to relax. Let me attain said object of desire and then I can relax. Anybody can, find, can go after that version of relaxed. But I'm venturing to say that there is a deeper form of relaxed that you're really looking for, but you don't want it at the same time because it's a threat to your whole life structure. In other words, we build up entire lives around stress. <laughs> Our lives are almost founded on stress and anxiety. And, and then we whine and complain about how stressed we are. But, God, but, then, but then when the real solution comes along, it's like, oh, no, I don't, I don't feel like slowing down. I get that a lot. <laughs> you, know, oh, I, you know, I really don't like slowing down in yoga. Yo yoga takes too much 
patience and I, and I, I just, I, I need to go, go, go. And I'm like, well, that's your problem. That's exactly why you need to slow down. But I don't fight anybody on it. I just, you know, I'm, I nod and say, you, you, you do your thing as long as you need to. But I'm here to reach out to those of you out there who are tired of that and are ready to really be thrilled at the realization that it's so much more immediate than any of us have been making it. That's good news, but you might have to let go of your addiction to stress, which means your addiction to getting what you think you want in order to relax and just relaxing, moving in to a deep state of trust and relaxation. But we cannot do that. Just, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot stress your way into a relaxed state. So that's where the deep letting go comes in. When? All the time. Well, that's not practical. I have to go to work. Well, this is one of the big mistakes we make. That to be relaxed means that we are um, n not able to function in everyday life. Uh, in other words, either we're passive or we are active. And I want you to bring those two words together, just like pluribus unum. Passive active. Act yeah, passive active is good. It's got a nice ring. Passive active. Um, and... Imagine a state of being completely relaxed. Like right now, I feel totally relaxed. And yet, am I doing nothing? No, I'm actually, I'm actually really going for it right now. Uh, I'm soaring. But it's a, it's, I'm in the zone, right? I don't, have, I don't have a plan. I don't have a worry. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm really just practicing. And it is an endless practice. Uh, letting it flow. Just letting it, letting it flow uh, without trying to control it too much or at all, and just being relaxed. So in other words, I am passive active right now. I'm not pushing it. And so that's why even just, even if you weren't listening and following every word that I'm saying, you're getting the vibration, you're getting the feel of it. And I'm, what I'm doing is demonstrating what I want you to find and feel, which is that you can be totally relaxed and yet show up for life full on, but you're moving in a different way. This is connected to stop, drop, and roll. Um, you'll find that the themes that I bring up in any given uh, podcast are actually echoed throughout all of them. And this is a perfect example, the stop, drop, and roll. The stop is the first of all, cease all anxiety-ridden ridden motion. That's what slowing down really means. Slowing down isn't like holding yourself back. Slowing down is, is opting out of anxiety-ridden motion, stress. You're opting out of stress. You're opting out of fight or flight triggers. That's freaking amazing right there. It's like, that's, that's it right there. But you can't stop it if you can't recognize that it's going in the first, first place. And then the kicker is you can get used to stress motion so you don't even know that it's actually stressed. And it could be in the, the pace at which you eat. That's one that for, for myself, for example, I've really had to work on in my life. Uh, you know, allowing the experience of eating to happen instead of getting a meal done, right? That's a really good example. Driving is another one. When you're driving, what are you doing? You're trying to get somewhere. Well, then what is it? What is, what is everything between here and there in the way? Well, then I want to go faster, right? What's the logic? If I get past what's in the way, then I won't have to be with this feeling of something's in the way between where I am and where I want to get to. 
So what do you do? You start to accelerate a little bit more. Then what happens? Inevitably, there's somebody that pulls right in front of you and they're driving like they're the only person in the world. And you go, ah, right? <laughs> and stress. And then you get more stressed. And then you, you weave around them as soon as you can do it. And, and you go and you get to, and then you speed past them and you're like, ha. And then you get to the red light. And then the same guy, the cars you just passed, come right up next to you. <laughs> and, you and you hang your head. <laughs> you don't want to look at it because it's so obvious. It's so obvious. And all you really did was just, you know, amped up your blood pressure, increased the stress for yourself, probably the people around you too. You've generated, you've become a generator of anxiety for yourself and for the other people in the car and for the other people driving around you. And where did it get you? <laughs> Nowhere, you know? And even if you did get to the place that you were trying to get to, if you could see two of you, the one that couldn't wait to get past everything that was in your way, right? That one of you that's weaving past everybody to get to where you're trying to go. And then watch the second one. That's, this is you just deep breathing and relaxing. And just, you know, somebody pulls in front of you. It's like, yeah, you were going faster. And yes, this person is completely oblivious to the world around them and are totally narcissistically absorbed in their own world. Yes. But you know what? Stop, drop and roll. And you relax. Imagine that, two of you. Well, the one that got to the grocery store, let's say, <laughs> you got there 15 seconds ahead with stress coursing through your body, the fight or flight response triggered. Uh, you're probably grumbling and, and rah, 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 rah. Uh, you know, I'm trying to make the sound of the, the, the stress effect. You know, you know the feeling. And then this guy gets there 10, 15 seconds later calm, relaxed, easy. Were those 15 seconds really worth it? Really. So it's a great example, and it's one ex of many examples, you know, and it's all about, yoga is really about being on top of that all the time. It's almost like once you get the fact that it's not some of the time, it's all of the time, everything you're doing like start to watch what you're doing are you when you're brushing your teeth are you are you just brushing to get it done you know or when you're eating are you just trying to get the meal done you know are you are you inhaling your food are you really tasting it when you're drinking water are you really communing with the water or are you or are you just throwing hydration down your throat you know and really start to notice what is the actual texture the quality of my experience right now because that's where your body is already here and speaking to you and when we stop being here the body sets off its alarms its fight or flight response in response to what our acting from I'm not there yet and so we when we act in that way we get addicted to that and then I come along and I say hey slow down a little bit and you would be like oh, that's not my thing that's what I mean. You don't want to relax. You don't want to slow down. You're addicted to the stimulus. It's a kind of, when I say it's an addiction, I really do mean it's an addiction. Just like you could be addicted to nicotine or caffeine. Or, it's like you're addicted to the, the fight or flight response, the adrenaline, if you will, um, and, and the stress. So what I'm saying is own that. Also know that it's, it's wearing you down very quickly. It's like burning rubber all the time. So just be aware of that. So when you say all, you know, <laughs> proud of yourself, uh, I don't, I, I really like to, I really like 
to go fast and I don't want to slow down. It's not, I, I really like to go, go, go. And you kind of glorify it in that way. Well, then just own what you're saying. You're saying you don't want yoga. You're saying what you want is for yoga to be coerced into a package that works for your addiction. So uh, you needed to have more of that stimulus and more of that go because it makes you feel better about being addicted to stress. So it's a false sense of accomplishment and, uh, and, and a false sense of relaxation because it's really more, to put it bluntly, a kind of masturbation. Uh, it's a kind of you know glorifying your self-destructive state and, and, and then making it making yourself proud of it, you know? And so when I see this as a yoga teacher, as a true yoga teacher, I get really offended, just to be honest. You know, I feel offended that the word yoga is being so uh, abused um, by association, the association it's gotten and continues to get, and no one's saying anything. This is my next episode, but I wouldn't say no one's saying anything. I'll say that it's rare to hear anyone really calling that that out. It's like it's it's uh, there's a monopoly on yoga, <laughs> and the monopoly on yoga is not from yoga. <laughs> it's from what we do to everything, which is we package everything for our to sustain our self-destructive state of being. So when yoga is saying originally. Give that up. How many people, especially in the fight or flight state, do you think are, are ready to go, hey, yeah, you know what? You're right. No. And I'll tell you firsthand what I get. I don't like it. I've literally gotten the, the FU in response <laughs> to, to the invitation to... It's, it, that is the surrender. And if you, if you just jump into some of our deepest spiritual teachings, they often say there's a surrender. There's a surrender. There's a letting go. There's a die before you die. Why would they say die if it wasn't something really big? Well, it's the death, ironically, it's the death of stress. It's the death of our addiction, our whole personality, our whole life structure predicated upon having to attain more and if you ask somebody to give that up when they are dead set on it it sounds like death but when you realize that that is what dying is to be addicted to that is death (laughs) it's addiction itself it's addictivity and to realize that we become champions for that we defend it vehemently we support it and we we coerce our healing modalities to support it and and we glorify it and we lift it up and it makes us more and more desensitized and the more desensitized we become the more numb we are the more numb we are the more we need more stimulus and you see what what happens to all realms of life food entertainment, sex, uh, all of it, just, just you name it. It's more, 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 right? And we become enslaved to a kind of insatiable uh, vacuousness in, in us that the more we get, the more we need, and on and on and on. Tell me that that's not hell. And conversely, your true nature, which is bliss, peaceful, deep relaxation. The ability to be happy right where you are no matter what. Tell me that that's not heaven. 
In other words, heaven is badass. Heaven is not something you just waltz into. Heaven is something you have to show up for. Because if you don't, if you go into autopilot, I'm telling you, you will default into stress life, which is death, which is that hellish, unable to relax, even when, on, when you're on vacation. That's, that's serious, guys. What I'm saying is so simple and yet so not being brought out in this way. Um, in other words, a lot of people may be trying to address the issue of stress, but we're addressing it again on the symptomatic level, which what do you get on that level? You always get, you know, pills, band-aids and ointments and some way of buying more time so that you can stay with the same disease. And if we're talking about dis disease, look at the word dis-ease. When, when you say, I don't, when you realize you don't want to relax, you realize I'm dissing ease. Well, that makes me diseased. You don't have to have a literal diagnosis of a disease to be diseased. And so, what hell is, or is the state of being unable to feel ease. You don't feel easy. When someone says, hey, take it easy, right? Why, why do we say it? Take it easy, easy. Ah, ease. We make things difficult by embarking on this bad medicine, to put it in that light, or whatever, you're, whatever you have decided that you want. If you don't examine it, if you don't look at why do I want it, if you don't see what you're really looking for is already right here, then you are reiterating and strengthening the stronghold of your stress and fight or flight. In other words, you are digging yourself deeper as you're trying to get better. That is bad medicine. And we do, we, we have bad medicine in every way, shape, or form. And the kicker is even holistic arts, even healing arts, even mindfulness this and meditation that and yoga this and that, even they can be bad medicine if, if not really understood. This is serious, guys, what I'm saying, and it's calling everybody into question. And you know, it's not me saying it. It's the sense that I'm making, okay? If you are resonant with what I'm saying, it's because I'm doing yoga or it's doing me. I'm allowing yoga sense. Yoga is sense. It's infinite sense. We love it when it makes sense. When we come to our senses, we are coming to sense itself. When we say, yeah, that makes sense. That feels right. Right? This is where the mind and the body unite to make sense. And we, what's the word for, for any feeling is a sense. We're sensing our senses, touch, feel. You know, if you have an emotion, you're sensing an emotion. It's in other words, you're making sense. It's making sense. Sense is the ultimate. Sense is yoga, is source, is unum. See, you start to connect all the dots and they start where they were all broken up in the pluribus, the diversity and all the different compartments without the, without the sense, without the unum. And then you see that play out in the world as wars and racism and sexism and all the breakdowns that are happening in culture and, and, and the compartmentalizing of, of peoples based on religion and skin color and, and uh, you know, sexual preference and on and on and on, all of the divisions. Now, if you frame it in the original distortion of the mind, which is the a break from sense. It's a break from source. 
you have to see it almost like it's, it comes to a point where sense is not a matter of fact. Sense is sense itself. It's bliss. Sense is infinite union, communion, unity, coherence, science, logic, feeling, all of it. And we can start to really make sense on deeper and deeper levels. I believe this is what the whole human up venture is about. And the whole human endeavor across the globe has been moving towards the unum without losing the pluribus, the, the diversity. So that's really what our true nature is. And that's really what it means to relax. But if we're going to come into that, we have to be willing to put into question our entire lives. And you may not want that. You may not want to actually relax. In the talk, it's easy to say, I, yeah, I want to relax. Of course I want to relax. Relaxing sounds great. But when it comes down to it, and if you're really brave enough to look at it, you are going to find again and again, oh my God, I'm running from relaxation. Now, whatever could be the reason for running from relaxation, if, if there wasn't something to trigger the fight or flight, so running from is the flight, right? We're running from, our stress in a way is, is we're running from something. So it's not just, oh, I'm just addicted to stress and I just didn't realize relaxing was there to be had and I'm going to choose relaxing. It's more like there's something so profound about what real relaxation is that it scares the pants off of us. I said it. And this may be very humbling for us to come to this point of saying what I've been saying this whole time, we don't want to relax, is a way of saying we don't want real love. We don't want real reality. We don't want real peace. We're actually scared to death of it. The idea sounds wonderful as kept in an idea space. And that's what we call it idealistic, right? Where somebody's idealistic if they hold these, these truths to be ideals. But of course, we know that's just utopian and unrealistic, right? So we end up glorifying what is really the antithesis of reality as reality itself. So when we say get real, we're actually saying the opposite. We're saying stay fake. But getting real, real, real laxed, <laughs> that's badass. And then you don't just waltz into that. You got you to gotta recognize that getting relaxed is the, is the most profound, badass endeavor you could ever go towards because it requires you to let go of not only what you've been doing your whole life, but what, what everyone else around you is it, it completely entranced by, hands down, if even in a healthy way, quote unquote. So this is where I call you out guys the most, yoga teachers, raw foodists, vegans, uh, spiritual coaches, gurus, life coaches, uh, you know, channels, all you guys, metaphysicians, everyone that is seeing, seeing themselves as doing it because they've got a spiritual tag. I'm not saying you don't want to do the real deal, but you have to ask. You have to be brave enough to ask. Have I really looked at the deep yoga here, the deep science, the deep logic of what is even driving me? Could I possibly be doing the same thing that's causing all this 
uh, chaos and fragmentation and stress in the world in a spiritual way? Could I be putting on the, the facade of I'm so loving and I'm so peaceful and I only say positive things and I never say negative things, but I'm still in the practice of running from real, running from source, running from the unum. Could it be that I have not earned the place that I've stepped into? That's a scary thing to ask, guys, but you have to be willing to ask it. I'm saying this as a supportive brother. I want... I want a massive team of us doing the real deal, but we can't be doing it, doing, pretending it's the real deal when, when really our bottom line is still serving this kind of narcissistic need for furthering ourselves on the Titanic, right? We have to see the Titanic, and that's scary because in order to see the Titanic, you got to get real. And if you're going to get real, you got to get real about yourself. You can't go like, oh, yeah, I'm not on the Titanic. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Look, I'm spiritual. Well, you're just digging yourself deeper, too. And then if you're pulling people along into your self-deluding trip in the name of spirituality and healing, that is pretty messed up. And so you've got to be willing to look at that. Don't condemn yourself. Don't be mean to yourself. But look at it. If that's what's going on, Trust me, I know it's scary, but you're going to relax. You're going to come, you're going to become real. You can't relax if you don't get real. And that's scary. Slowing down is a, is a, you know, the stop, drop and roll, for example, is scary in a good way, in an exciting way. Um, and it's a rehab that I'm asking you to embark on. You know, the rehab is if you have habbed yourself, habituated yourself into a stress life, you are identified with that. To let that go is scary. To let that go is really scary, but to come into, but you're gaining everything. It feels like in the, from the fight or flight state, it feels like you're losing everything. That's why we're in a fight or flight, right? Because we're running from it. But the reality, the real reality is you're gaining everything. You're gaining yourself. You're gaining real reality, real reality. And that deep space, your true nature, which is impenetrable peace, unassailable bliss. So it is a rehab. It takes practice. You know, we got to support each other in that and to see, wow, it's universal. So don't feel bad. It's universal. But feel bad to the extent that, oh, my God, I, I need to see that this is not good to continue. I need to see that I've been fooling myself. Ooh, that doesn't feel so great. I saw myself. My self-image was that I, I, I needed to feel like I was on my way, and the fact of the matter is I wasn't. I was digging myself deeper. That may not feel good to, to see that. Like, you may not enjoy that feeling, <laughs> but you will come to enjoy it because the more you get in touch with 
with seeing that and feeling that the more you're becoming your real relaxed nature, which is where you are capable of enjoying. You can't enjoy, guys. You're, you're being robbed of your joy and your enjoyment in the stress life. So the re, the, only the relaxed version of you, the real relaxed version of you, can enjoy. Enjoy, which sounds like envelop enjoy. You, can, you can't do that from a clenched place. So it really is amazing. And, 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 and look, your breath, breath techniques, yoga techniques, um, anything that we're doing in that sense, uh, they might give you a sense that you're relaxing, but notice how it's always temporary and then in that sense becomes almost addictive in its own right. Again, it's a manic depressive kind of relaxed. So stress relaxes manic depressive. And so getting a break or contrasting your state of stress is going to feel good in, to that extent. But I'm talking about a deeper relax that's deeper than that whole roller coaster that we're on. I'm talking about a, a, a steadiness of relaxation that is so much more profound and so much more blissful. And that's where we can enjoy, you know? So I just, I hope, I hope I got you activated and, and aware and more woke with this sharing so that you can be um, in a more powerful kind of observance of yourself and, uh, and practice more and more the stop, drop, and roll uh, in your own life. Be, be at peace with the fact that it's a rehab. That's a good thing. It's like, all right, you know, like at least you're, you're on, you're actually doing the real thing. So, so real yoga is the ultimate rehab at the deepest level and it's, it's thrilling and it's exciting. And you know what? When you start to feel that fist that's clenched inside of you start to release all the things that you thought you wanted go with it. And it's a big relief. It's a big relief to no longer want to try to elbow your way into the Titanic, you know, even if it seems like everyone else is. You know, to, to free yourself from that frantic way, you know, is, is, is a, an incredible liberation. And that's where my passion and offering comes from, is I want you to feel that. That's really what it comes down to. I want, it would be a crime for me to see this and not uh, find some way to activate it in others. Uh, because it has nothing to do with information. It has nothing to do with um you know, complicated, complicated ideas. It's it, really what it is. It's just making sense. It's learning how to make sense on deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper levels until you start to really become sense itself. You become coherence. And that's what the real human being is. So I invite you to human up with me. Thank you for joining. And uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs>